Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. everyone and welcome to another episode of your favorite f word sarah and nicola here we are together hello we're together in person recording this episode literally touching oh my gosh it's crazy um and today we want to talk to you about something that comes up a lot especially in the online space in the online coaching space um and especially as women yeah just in life in general. Yeah, in life in general. Um, we had a really great conversation last night in our book club call. We are right now in our book club reading a book called Think Again by Adam Grant. And one of the chapters that we were discussing went into this idea of imposter syndrome. So that's what we're going to chat about with you today. We're going to talk about what is imposter syndrome where and how does it show up in our lives? Can imposter syndrome be a good thing? And then just leave you with a few takeaways or thought points. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So imposter syndrome is kind of loosely defined as this feeling of like doubt in your abilities, potentially extending to like feeling like a fraud. Um, It seems like it affects high performing people, but I don't really know if I've come across anyone who's never experienced it in anywhere um it can come up in a like a bunch of different domains in your life and it kind of like leads us to feel like maybe we're not deserving of what we've accomplished um maybe struggles of self-worth lower confidence or potentially even feeling like you're not enough Mm -hmm. when we look at imposter syndrome and how it's kind of explained in the book it really, we can use like confidence and competence to kind of look at what's happening. And generally in an, in, in, in imposter syndrome, wow, that's tough. Um, what we see is a pretty high level of confidence. So it's often happening in people who, oh, did I say confidence? Yeah. High competence. Yes. Okay. So it's happening in people who do have a high level of competence Mm -hmm. where they have the education, they have the experience, they are quote unquote qualified to be doing whatever they're doing. Um, but their confidence for whatever reason is lower. Right. And that, that is generally where we see this come up. Um, and it's really interesting because on the flip side of that, and I think we all probably all know these people in our lives, there's also a lot of people who have a high level of confidence, even though their competence is incredibly low. Yes, like especially thinking about the Dunning-Kruger effect, like yeah. people who just kind of get into something and know just enough to feel like they can talk about it are all of a sudden like these experts right. or become very confident in their abilities, despite not having maybe the same level of education, the same number of years of experience, so on. Absolutely. 
so yeah, it's just like, it, it's interesting to see how that affects different people. Um, and that imposter syndrome happens for people who generally are qualified to be doing what they're doing, right? Like, why is there this low confidence in those people? I don't know if the book really goes into why there's a low confidence in those people. Um, but I think like as women, we experience it a lot. I mean, I can't speak for men. I definitely know men who have experienced it and they're definitely not immune to it. Mm -hmm. But I think as women, we're all often told that, you know, we need to do more to be acknowledged. We need to work hard. We have to get more education, constantly be getting like another certification mm -hmm. or requalifying ourselves in other ways, or at least that's how it feels. Maybe even if there's no explicit like request for those things. I think in for order sure. to stand out and feel confident, we end up trying to do more. Right. But I am wondering if that comes from the fact that maybe we're more prone to imposter syndrome because, and we'll talk about this in, in a bit, but when we have imposter syndrome, if we are viewing it as a good thing, we're more likely to seek out that education and that information, right? So as women, if we're feeling imposter syndrome more, we are going to be more likely to kind of like seek that out and to gain more of that experience. Um, so that's like another interesting piece. But I think, especially as women in industries that are dominated by men, which is like most industries, <laughs> let's be honest, um, that, that desire or that need to like know more, to stand out, to like have these qualifications, even though a man in the same situation wouldn't feel the need to have those qualifications. That's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Like our confidence needs that like extra backing. Yeah. Like we don't maybe have the self-trust yeah. in ourselves without having like those letters behind our name or exactly all of those extra credentials to like meet them on the same playing fields field or like feel competitive mm -hmm. at the same level yeah or feel like they are taking you seriously mm -hmm. you know yeah um wait pause there I think there's like um in the book think again he brings up another point which I think maybe women can like relate to at least in our space, I think, is this idea of confident humility, which is having the confidence to admit that we don't know, or this idea of being okay and secure with being unsure. We're right. like aware that we don't know things, but we're confident in our ability to learn. Um, and that can be a good thing. Absolutely. It's kind of like a nice thing, I think. Um, and to be secure in the fact that like, we don't know what we don't know mm -hmm. can like really open the doors to like want to learn and grow. But I think if we're, um, it can become an obstacle if we're viewing like that in a different way, we have to see it as like the growth mindset piece right. of that, which is like opens the door to learn and be confident with the ability, your ability to grow. Right. But on the flip side, I think that humility piece could become an obstacle if it became more of like a fixed mindset thing too it could be like paralyzing like yeah. that analysis paralysis mm -hmm. kind of situation for sure okay so why don't we talk about where I mean we see imposter syndrome come up in so many different domains we see it in the coaching space in business we see it in athletes a lot but we also see it show up in like relationships or personal life um, so let's talk about some examples of imposter syndrome and kind of where it might show up and what the outcome might be. 
I mean, like when we do our coach mentorship, we see a lot of the coaches come in and say like, I would love to be more confident in my abilities. Um, so they're qualified coaches who maybe already have experience. We have people who have been like teachers or have held space in various capacities. Mm -hmm. And now they're stepping into maybe a new space and it feels like they don't know how to bring those experiences or those skill sets with them into this new field. And so they start questioning their ability or maybe their like quote unquote value to their clients. Mm -hmm. That value piece is a big one. I think we see in the coaching space a lot is this idea of like, am I giving my clients enough value? Mm -hmm. Um, and imposter syndrome is a big, big piece of that for sure. Um, and then another one we see a lot, especially in like the online health and fitness coaching space, um, is when we have imposter syndrome, we can get hyper-focused on like what our peers think of us, because if our peers don't think that we're qualified or don't agree with what we're saying, then like we're wrong. Right. It's easy to lose confidence. Exactly. So a lot of what will, what coaches might do is post content for their peers, um, and like look for, uh, affirmations from their peers instead of like talking to their clients in their content or their marketing, um, and focusing on like serving their clients. They're going to just be like hyper consumed with pleasing their peers and getting like, yeah affirmation or validation from them mm-hmm. um looking at business maybe I think we've seen this ourselves where it can feel like if we're in a space where we're feeling imposter syndrome it can be really tough um to feel comfortable creating new services or marketing those services mm-hmm. um because there's definitely like an obstacle and we feel like we're holding ourselves back because we're maybe not good enough or like who are we to offer this right Um, will it even work out there's a lot of like hesitation there yeah selling I would say in business like actually selling the service is where imposter syndrome can create a huge obstacle Um, because generally especially if we're in a situation like a sales call or something if we have imposter syndrome and we're not confident in the offer usually the person on the other end is going to be able to feel that a little bit too Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that's a big, a big piece where it can show up in business. I think the difference there though is like, I think there's a difference between being honest about your offer and being like overconfident and making promises that you like, can't keep, you can't keep up yeah. with. I think that's maybe a little like caveat there. Absolutely. This could be a conversation for another day, but we that chat we had yesterday about um coaches like charging so much. And like this idea of like just being in someone's space. Right. You know, charging what you're worth. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of comments kind of get taken out of context sometimes. Yeah. Because if we all like had that level of confidence and wanted to charge what we were actually worth, like a lot of coaching would be not accessible. Exactly. We all want to believe that we're worth like so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a conversation for for another day for sure. Um, Another business piece is... Um, if we get impost, if we're having imposter syndrome inside like a growing business, um, it can really hold us back from taking steps to grow the business. So that might look like hiring team members or like delegating tasks to other people or asking for support. Um, imposter syndrome can hold us back from that. I think I just thought of this when we were, when I was saying that, but, um, Hiring can be an interesting one because if you are a solopreneur, 
and you have imposter syndrome, the chance of someone quote unquote finding out is less because you work by yourself. But as soon as you some bring someone onto your team, mm-hmm. there could be this fear that like, oh, they're not going to think that I, right. you know, you have this like thing to uphold, which yeah, is yeah, a super yeah. interesting. If, like, as soon like, as I hire someone, they're going to realize I actually don't have my shit together. Exactly. It looks like. Yeah. But so like fun there. fact, no one has their shit together. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, that's some like coaching and business. What about personal life? Um, I think a lot of the times, like we see this in relationships and like, I hear about it from clients who are either like navigating friendships or like starting new romantic relationships where there's this like fear that they're just like, not enough. Like right. they haven't had a relationship before, or maybe not one, like they're entering into and there's like fears or hesitations. Um, or even if you like just left a relationship and you're like flying so low again and like navigating the dating pool, it can be hard when your like identity is like in a shift mm-hmm. um, to really be like, what, what would I be like as a partner? How do I show right. up for another person? And like, am I going to be good at a relationship? Yeah. Um, in that, I think that some of us, maybe if we have been in like not super supportive relationships and then find ourselves in a supportive relationship. I think imposter syndrome can come up a lot with this idea of like, I don't deserve this Mm -hmm. good, you know, like I don't deserve to be with this great person or whatever. Um, And like some self-sabotaging stuff can come up in those situations for sure. Mm -hmm. And then maybe another thing like for personal life is potentially finding yourself with in a position where like those beliefs about yourself could limit like new opportunities, new experiences, Mm -hmm. different adventures, like making new friends or like trying out new hobbies. Um, So I think maybe like in a way we're talking about insecurities in a roundabout way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, insecurity is a big piece of imposter syndrome, right? But I think imposter syndrome we more relate it to like business or like mm-hmm. the career that we have, you know? Um, but it's a similar situation in these personal life things for sure. It's this idea of like, we don't have the skills or we don't deserve to be in this situation or like have this outcome. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, despite the experience or exactly. qualification. So I guess if you were like trying something new, it's like, well, I've like said yes to X or Y before and it's turned out well, but like, then why am I holding myself back from, right. from something yeah. new in another realm? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So when we talk about imposter syndrome or when we see it kind of portrayed in the media, my I've seen it portrayed mostly as a negative thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always like how to get rid of imposter syndrome, like stop having imposter syndrome, blah, blah, blah. Um, Which like, fuck, yeah, that would be great. Let's just get rid of it, you know? Um, But we want to talk about this idea of imposter syndrome being a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because I think both of us agree that it definitely can be a good thing. Um, It's not obvious. Exactly. We have to kind of like, rethink a little bit of like where it was coming from and what it could lead to to actually see it as being a support and not like a debilitating crutch absolutely (laughs) um so in our book club chat last night um one of the members actually said like I've never seen imposter syndrome 
as a negative I've always seen it as a positive and that was like very like curious to hear yeah um but what she said was whenever I found myself in a position where I was feeling that it was instantly like a cue like okay I have shit to learn I need to work harder it was very motivating Mm -hmm. because she was like I know I don't want to show up feeling this way on like the day of say it was like a presentation or an interview um or if there was like a deadline, you know, so she was like encouraged to work harder, gain skills, mm-hmm. learn more, all of that kind of stuff in order to like feel confident later on. So it was a huge boost for her. Mm-hmm. So thinking from it, from that perspective, it's like, oh yeah, I guess it would because you don't want to continue feeling that way. Right. Why wouldn't you change it? Right. Where on the flip side, if you are overconfident, you might underprepare for something like that, right? Because you already think that you know it all, or you already think that you're an expert. And then you might find yourself in a situation where someone maybe knows more than you, or you've legit just kind of like overshot your knowledge on the topic and you've gone in unprepared, right? Um, So from that standpoint, like that was such a great point that she brought up and it was cool that she had like never really seen it as a negative thing and always been like motivating for her. So it can definitely encourage us to learn more um, and to expand our skill sets for sure. Mm-hmm. And when we look at it, like from a coaching standpoint too, I think there's actually like, there's definitely value in having a certain level of confidence as a coach, because you mm-hmm. do want to feel good about what you're offering. But to that point she made before, if you are so confident in what you're doing, you kind of can easily fall into that place where you're complacent and Mm -hmm. you're no longer like eager to learn. You're not keeping up with like new research or you're not adapting your like offers or your skills Mm -hmm. to support clients in like new and better ways. You're limiting your growth and likely limiting like the potential for your clients as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another piece of imposter syndrome that we think is super important, especially in the coaching space is if we have imposter syndrome, that generally means we have some level of humility, right? Where we are able to recognize that we don't know, we don't know something. And if we are able to admit when we're, we don't know something or admit when we're wrong, that, that resonates with our clients. It builds trust. And it also is like proof that like, we care about what we're doing. Yeah. And it gives permission for them to do the same. Absolutely. And like a really quick example of that is if a client asks us something and we don't know if we were like um, falling into that place where we are overconfident and our ego is kind of at stake, it would be easy to make something up to lie, to make our best guess, but we're really doing a disservice to ourselves and our client, potentially even like causing harm. Mm-hmm. If we're not honest about where our scope or our education or our knowledge ends. Mm -hmm. And so a really simple way to like show that humility and demonstrate like that we are willing to grow is to simply say like, I don't know, let me help you find the answer to that. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about in the call last night too, this idea that the more that we practice that humility and we allow ourselves to be wrong and we allow other people to see us being wrong, we open the door for them to do the same. Right. And it creates a much more open-minded, curious space for growth and learning versus this environment where like, we always have to be right to the point where we would pretend we knew something that we didn't because of the fear of being wrong. 
Yeah. You know, so it creates a really nice supportive space um, that leaves a lot of room for like growth and curiosity for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, among other things, it can also increase our commitment to whatever it is we're working on. It can inspire new ways of thinking um, if we're feeling stuck and have to re kind of like strategize, find a new process. And sometimes it'll encourage us to ask for help as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is a practice a lot of us could get better at, I think. (laughs) Pretty much everyone. Yeah. So um, let's talk about quickly this like growth versus fixed mindset consideration. So I think when we're talking about this idea of imposter syndrome, it's a has a really good parallel to growth versus fixed mindset, which we've covered in a previous podcast. So a fixed mindset being this idea that we kind of set limits to our own potential because we don't believe that our skills, our abilities, our intelligence can grow. We kind of view ourselves as being static individuals, um, and that can really create points of friction, make us feel stuck, literally prevent us from taking new action, learning, or improving at all. Um, So it can be like very debilitating. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're viewing imposter syndrome through that lens, of course, it's going to feel like it's so heavy. It's so hard to move through it. Mm -hmm. Um, Versus if we're able to take a step back and recognize that that imposter syndrome is simply like a cue for us, pointing out an area that needs our growth, we might be more able to see ourselves, our potential mm-hmm. as something that can change and then be willing to put in the work to do that, to create that skill, to improve our knowledge, to become the expert that yeah. we are currently like lacking. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good tie in there. Um, so I guess our kind of takeaways or our like ending thought points for you with this conversation is to kind of reflect on a time in your life or a situation when you have felt imposter syndrome and kind of reflect on how it felt, reflect on how you maybe moved through that um, or maybe didn't move through it. You know, maybe it was paralyzing. And then considering everything that we've talked about today, do you think you'd be able to change how you had worked through that? Um, And can you potentially adopt a little bit of that growth mindset in a situation that might come up in the future, a situation that you're maybe struggling with right now. um, And what does that look like in practice? Mm -hmm. And I mean, just to give some like quick ideas of what that could look like. I think if I think of myself, I'm very shy about admitting if I'm feeling imposter syndrome. And so maybe just vocalizing it to someone I trust and being like, this is how I'm feeling. Maybe even initially for a little bit of validation and encouragement from someone you trust. Right. Um, But maybe it extends then into asking for help. Like once you've put it out there, acknowledged it, maybe that creates a space where someone offers you some support or you ask for specific help in an area. Mm -hmm. Um, And that could potentially be the difference between you feeling stuck and not taking action versus like having that accountability and extra like safety or security of having someone else's support to be able to then like step into that new space. Right. Into that, like more of the growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Well, that's, do you want to add anything else? Anything kind else? of just a short and sweet one. We were yeah. just like feeling a little inspired after the call last night. Yeah. This was kind of a new concept for us. And yeah. We wanted to share like the new frame on how to look at something that feels really heavy and a little scary and usually has a negative connotation. Absolutely. So we hope this one resonated with you all. Um, 
why don't we end with a fuck yes and a fuck no yeah she's looking at me like i need to come up with this on the spot well my fuck yes was gonna be um boars and cheese because (laughs) we just had some first snack on those crackers and those raincoats crisps crisps um and those were delicious yeah a good little cheese and cracker moment yeah it's always a good fuck yes fuck knows we also just had a little nap and i feel way more tired than oh I did before. that's worst i feel like that means it was too long of a nap no way i'm like an hour nap person I yeah don't like those like quickies oh man i'm like a 15 20 minute i'm like on the couch you don't nook in your bed no because if i go in my bed i'm get too comfy and tired yeah, maybe that was your mistake yawn right now. yeah <laughs> wakey wakey so maybe some afternoon caffeine oh gotta be careful with that it's a big fuck no for me i'll be up all night anyways we'll leave it there for today a little short and sweet one yeah thanks for joining us and we will see you next episode yeah bye bye